Hey, everybody. So we obviously talk a lot about intuitive eating on this podcast. As you know, I'm a really, really big fan of this gentle, peaceful approach to nutrition, health, and well-being. I wanted to tell you about a really cool opportunity that I have coming up. It's a free five-day challenge called Discover Intuitive Eating. And in it, I'm going to show you how to feel better about food and more at peace in your body without stressing about weight or calories or sacrificing foods you love. So a really cool chance for you to get some action steps to help you eat more intuitively, to experience what this uh, feels like and what it's all about. And of course, to get some support from me along the way. So if you are interested, please visit the link in the show notes and go ahead and sign up. I would so love to see you in that free five-day challenge. Um, Hope to see you there. Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there is so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there. And you're tired of the wellness fads, endless diets, and impossible standards that make you feel like nothing you do is ever enough. You're ready to tune into your mind and body and feel empowered around health. We're the Healing Trio here to help you redesign your relationships with food, fitness, and yourself. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm Maria, licensed mental health therapist. And I'm Tara, personal trainer. Together, we're changing the narrative on health away from diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity and towards healthful self-care. So grab your water bottle, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow. And and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Welcome to Wellness Rebranded, another episode where we're going to focus on bringing you different perspectives into your journey towards wellness, overall wellness. Today, Elizabeth is going to talk to us about how do you know if your relationship with food needs healing? Mm-hmm. I want to know what you're <laughs> thinking. Do you know that song? Yes. You do? I think I so. I only I knew that song. <laughs> it's your own secret song. I want to know what you're thinking. Yes. Oh, maybe I don't know that song. I don't know. No, I, don't. I need a little more. Maybe I do not know it. It can still be your secret song. So your relationship with food needs healing. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So your relationship with food can be, what's the opposite of healing? Like um, maybe not Un- really unhealthy. unhealthy. Okay, so your relationship with food can be unhealthy, right? Yeah. So how do you know yeah. if your relationship with food needs healing? Mm-hmm. Talk to me. It's such a great question. Well, so I think the first thing that I would want to say is... Why why do why is it even a thing that our relationship with food mm-hmm. may need healing? Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, there are certainly other reasons, but diet culture is a huge one, oh. a massive one, frankly. And the point that I would love to make right at the outset is that, you know, I think a lot of times when people think about healing their relationship with food and breaking up with diet culture, they think about it through the lens of, or it's often talked about if you're a dieter and you want to heal your relationship with food. But Mm -hmm. the point that I would like to make is that you actually don't have to be a dieter for diet culture to be having a very negative toll on you. So Okay, say that again. So you don't, we're all swimming in the waters of diet culture every single day. Mm -hmm. You don't have to actually be a dieter for diet culture to have disrupted your relationship with food and your body. 
And I talk about it, I guess the easiest way for me to explain that is the way that I talk about diet culture is that it's synonymous with pressure, which people, if they've listened to other episodes, they've heard me say that before. But it's pressure to eat a certain way. It's pressure Mm -hmm. to exercise a certain way. It's pressure for your body to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be a dieter to feel that pressure, Mm -hmm. right? You can still, you know have a negative relationship with mm-hmm. food or your body and not actually be a dieter. So that's the first thing mm-hmm. that I would make or point I would make is, first of all, why is it even a thing that some people may need their relationship with food healed? And then also it is because of diet culture, but you don't have to be a dieter to be impacted by diet culture. You can be impacted by the messaging behind yes. it, which is going to make maybe make you make some decisions that you wouldn't mm-hmm. make if the messaging was different. A hundred percent, yes. What I'm also thinking, I don't know why, if it's even related, but I don't know why it came to my mind, mm-hmm. that, for example, in the area of mental health, you don't have to have a mental health disorder mm-hmm. to be struggling with your mental health. Correct. So what you're saying, right, so it's even if you're not a dieter, mm-hmm. And even There's, if you don't have an eating disorder, and even if you don't have an eating disorder, right, doesn't mean that that relationship right. could have you know benefit from some healing. Mm-hmm. Okay, absolutely, tell me more. I love that analogy. So, um, so what are some signs mm-hmm. that you may be uh, a good candidate to focus on healing your relationship with food? Okay. There are a lot of them, but um, one of them would be that kind of worrying about or stressing about or trying to figure out kind of what or how you should eat takes up a lot of your mental space and energy each day. So if you were to think about how much time are you spending trying to figure out what you're supposed to eat or what you're not supposed to eat or measuring it or counting it or tracking it or feeling guilty if you're not doing that or you know, all those things. How much mind space is food taking up in your life? And I guess negative mind space. Which causes more stress to already the stress that we have on a daily basis. And it makes me think of the last workshop that I, um, that you gave that I was there. um, When you talk that I love you talking about the role of pleasure when we eat. Mm -hmm. That takes it all away. If I'm if stress and guilt, yeah. yes, like yeah. if right, yeah. like if I'm yeah. thinking, of, so it makes sense. And I'm, to be honest, I spend some significant time thinking about how to feed my family and the whole thing around. It has to be healthy because otherwise. If it's not, I'm a bad mother, mm-hmm. right? It will. It feels like it, right? Because there's so much pressure around mm-hmm. it. So that's a great example of diet culture mm-hmm. influencing or putting pressure on parents, right? I didn't even say that in the beginning. But as parents, yeah, we feel a lot of pressure about are people going to judge us if they see my child eating a donut or a non-organic thing or I give them a juice box or whatever it is and it's classic example of the pressure from diet culture and the messaging can be very subtle Ah, yes right because it can be look at all these healthy recipes and these are all the the you know the bad things about these ingredients specifically Mm -hmm. and then fear-mongering yeah 
Well, even just think about just thinking about how our relationships with food are shaped. Do they start where they're obviously they're shaped in childhood, right? And even think about some of the worksheets and messages kids get about food in school. Um, you know, it's been a long time since my kids were in elementary school and came home, but 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 I hear all the time of like worksheets where foods are being classified as good or bad, healthy or unhealthy. Okay. Right? Where yeah. part of the work I try to do is mm-hmm. teach people all foods can be part of a healthful diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting away from that black or white thinking that can cause fear, guilt, shame, stress. So so yeah, a lot the meth that's a is that that's a really subtle example of messaging that's not that helpful around food. Okay, what do you think about this other thought that just came to my brain, Mm -hmm. which is all the messaging that we receive, Mm -hmm. but we also live in a country that has created, how, like, that we're bombarded with food choices Mm -hmm. all the time, Mm -hmm. right? And in a way, it's like we want you to eat healthy, but then all the things that you're exposed to when you go to the supermarket Mm -hmm. are not, there's not a lot of variety. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? I mean, there's a lot of variety. Like, for example, I see a lot of posts Mm -hmm. on Instagram of doctors and nutritionists saying, look how they have all the candy when you go pay, when you're Mm -hmm. at the cashier. Mm -hmm. Like, why do they have candy and maybe not something else? Mm -hmm. Or why is the first thing that you have when you go to a supermarket is a specific kind of food? Mm -hmm. And it makes it harder to have a full balanced meal. But is that even what I'm saying right now? Is that... Right. Well, because it's still very much thinking. I mean, that's they're obviously they're doing that for marketing and bringing in marketing dollars. Like from my perspective, it would be awesome if if we could get more nutrient dense foods up front with the candy. That's my point. (laughs) Then then it would that would be more balanced. Right. But it's. I try to help people get out of that black and white thinking of like, let's get rid of the candy 100% because that's bad and junk food and we shouldn't eat it versus let's just stock it with fruits and vegetables. Well, let's just change the conversation entirely and accept that all foods can be part of a health promoting diet. And let's talk, teach people how foods make them feel and, mm-hmm. um, you know, give people the tools to make different choices that support their body without the sort of guilt and shame and, and also the privilege, right? There is a certain amount of privilege to be able to go into a grocery store and shop the perimeter where mm-hmm. the fruits and vegetables and some of those things Mm-hmm. are not not everyone is able to do that mm-hmm. as well that's why i love the work that you do because the messaging is so ingrained mm-hmm. sometimes that you don't even i don't even notice mm-hmm. if i'm talking from that messaging that mm-hmm. i grew up with yeah right like yeah. It, so that's why i love okay so you said which um, sort of feeds into another the um the messaging right it that is it can be another sign that your relationship with food needs healing is like a lot of times people have a lot of food rules floating around in their head like uh, i'll just give you an example of some that i was a conversation i was having with a client yesterday where we were really delving into 
how many food rolls do you have? And let's start listing them out and let's see what they look like. Because part of my work that I do with people is helping them, A, notice, B, challenge them, look at them, are they actually true? And then C, reframe them to a more gentle, inclusive, healthy relationship with food kind of place. But an example of some of those rules might be, I shouldn't eat carbs or mm. I shouldn't eat fat or I shouldn't eat at a, after a certain time of day mm. or, uh, you know, cheese is bad for you or um, that has too many calories or that's junk food. So think about the voices that are in your head around food. Is it does it sound like food policing? Essentially, it's what that's what we call an intuitive eating that all those voices shouting these rules at you mm-hmm. are we call them the food police. So think about what is your voice when when you go to build a meal? Mm-hmm. Are you just thinking about what sounds good and then figuring out what you want to put on your plate and how it's going to feel in your body? Or are you really thinking about all the so-called rules about how you're supposed to do and what happens is the more rules you have, the harder it is to eat, right? Because it your the, the your ability to have di- variety in your meals gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it feels like maybe there's only a few safe quote unquote foods. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking out there, if you if you relate to having safe foods, especially through the lens of weight loss, not like a food allergy or, you know, like a an actual life-threatening food allergy, that's probably a good sign that your relationship with food needs healing. Because most of the time, those rules are very rigid, very black and white, often not based in nutrition science. And there's definitely a different way to be able to look at them. And many times they're contradictory. Yes. Because there's so much misinformation. So how do you even know? It's like mm-hmm. one day you think you're doing it beautifully, mm-hmm. and two days later you're like, oh, that is that kills people if uh-huh. you read that. I mean, based on the messaging, right? And then yeah. it's like you're really lost yes. in a very anxious way. Mm-hmm. How You want to do it right. You want to nurture yourself in a good way. You want to care for yourself, not necessarily know how. Mm-hmm. And the more messaging we listen to, the farther we are from... Growing right. how because it's right because we're we're getting further and way further and further away from our body wisdom and our own personal exactly. values and out towards diet culture and the so called rules. Elizabeth, since I met you, and I don't think I've ever told you this, mm-hmm. since I met you, I never done it before. I have I, I and I started. Um, Listening to my hunger cues, uh-huh. I have started to leave food on my plate. Oh. When I, I'm like, I'm, last night, actually, I went out with to dinner with friends. Uh-huh. And I had this amazing gnocchis, by the way. Well, gnocchis, gnocchis. Yes. And I, the, the, the messaging in my head is like, you need to finish your food. It's, it yeah. was like, really, it, I think it was like seven yeah. of them left on the plate. I'm uh-huh. like, come on, are you going to leave the seven? Yeah. They're so good. I want to, but I was full. I could not take one more bite. Yeah. In any other po- moment before Elizabeth, I would just stuff myself without caring that I was going to feel uncomfortable. Oh, and I, I was, love you know, that. And then I'm like, I don't need the other yeah. eight. 
love I it. I enjoy the other <laughs> ten I yeah. hate. I don't need. You know? Yeah. And and that's important. Okay, so uh. listen to the space that is taking in your mind. That's mm-hmm. one sign. The voices. The voices. Does it feel like you have a lot of rules. Yes. Or only certain foods feel safe. Um, another one would be do you do piggybacking exactly off of what you just said do you trust and rely on your hunger and fullness cues and kind of other bodily signals to guide your eating Mm -hmm. or are you busy trying to count points or calories Mm -hmm. or macros or measure your portion sizes or write down you know all the foods and calories you're consuming because that's the only way you know how to kind of quote unquote, mm-hmm. eat the right amount, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. That is a sign that you are likely disconnected from your body and having a, a, a very diet culture mindset mm-hmm. because we're all born with the ability to self-regulate our eating. Mm-hmm. I mean, with very, very few exceptions. Elizabeth, look at the image that just came. Look at the image like you can look into my brain. I wish you could. Um, it's kind of sad because now I'm imagining our bodies saying uh-huh. like, hey, stop, I'm full. I cannot process more mm-hmm. food. Or, hey, this food you're eating does not sit well with me. Mm-hmm. And then our response is like, hold on, I'm counting calories. Hold yeah. on, quiet down, silence mm-hmm. for a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm reading this mm-hmm. article about what I'm going to give you. And our body's like, but I know what. Right what I need and what I don't. I'm trying to tell you, but you're not listening. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I frequently clients will tell me, well, I, I try to keep my breakfast only this really certain small amount of calories because I'm worried I'll run out of them in the rest of the day if I were to eat too many of them. Mm-hmm. And like the fear and anxiety involved in that, um, my heart just goes out to that people because it doesn't to those people who are experiencing that because it doesn't have to be that way mm-hmm. and you can you can undo that and relearn how to trust and connect with your body it sounds relieving it yeah it is mm-hmm. um i mean i know it's I know the impact that it's had on my life and the, those are it's funny just the other day I was reading through different, um, I always have my clients fill out a a coaching feedback Mm -hmm. survey at the Mm -hmm. end and ask if they would be interested in in sharing a testimonial. And I was reading through a bunch of them because I was pulling something together for my website. And it actually struck me how many people said, I feel like a giant weight has been lifted Mm -hmm. off of me. That makes sense. And I w- and I thought to myself, wow, I mean that it does make sense, but like how many people use those exact words mm-hmm. was it just kind of struck me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think another one is um if you do you believe that there are certain foods that you can't or shouldn't bring into your home because you don't trust yourself with those foods. So in other words, if I if I buy ice cream, I'll devour it all in one sitting, and I'm I don't I'm I don't trust myself essentially to keep ice cream in my home. Do you have a lot of kind of trigger foods mm-hmm. like that that you just don't trust yourself around, or mm-hmm. 
you know, it's not uncommon for people to tell me, well, I, I ask my partner to hide these and mm-hmm. just dole them out to right. me at specific times. That's that's a sign that you could do some trust building with your body and probably would feel really good. I'm thinking that I don't know if you talked about this before. How different could it be for those people who have kids at home? Mm-hmm. Because maybe you don't bring it home because you don't trust yourself, but you don't bring it home because you do know your kids are going to devour it or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to eat it in two seconds. And then there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the messaging of how we need to teach our kids how to approach yes. food and nutrition. So two things. I uh, One is just if I would be curious what the messaging is around those foods mm-hmm. for the children, right? Is there a scarcity mindset yeah. uh, playing into that? And then the second thing, of course, flew out of my mind. Um, Welcome to the club. Of having an idea and then... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What what was it that I was going to tell you? Kids eating their food fast, the messaging, how we're raising them. Yeah, I don't know if they're well. It was was good, though. (laughs) It'll come back. Um, Because then what happens in my house, and yes, now that you say that, it makes sense. Because it's usually with ice cream. Mm Mm-hmm. And the messaging in my head with ice cream mm-hmm. is don't eat the whole thing mm-hmm. that's packed with sugar. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a tummy ache, which they do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that! thank you. Now I know what the other thing I was going see, to say. I did it on purpose. Just so you can <laughs> Is we want to give kids the opportunity to experience mm-hmm. food, right. right? And if part of that experience might mean eating too much ice cream, getting a bellyache, and not feeling good. And that's a way to understand your body. But if we as the parents, or even we for ourselves, are not giving ourselves the opportunity to have those experiences with food, we're not giving ourselves or the child the ability to develop that trust and connection with their body. I love it. I love it. Because guess what? It happens the exact same thing with mental health. Tell us. Many times we don't give our kids the opportunity to feel an emotion the whole way. Yeah. We want to fix it for ourselves. Because if they're sad or in pain, it's not a good thing. So let me fix it for you or let me do things to prevent the kid to going through a situation Mm -hmm. so they don't suffer. Yeah. And... How is that even possible if we're going to train them for the rest of their lives to live a life without us? It's like a dead person's goal to not have suffering, right? Or then how are they going to know what to do when they feel deep pain or anxiety or stress or anger? Yeah. If we have been bubble wrapping that all the... Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we need to do a whole episode about that. Yes, we totally should. And But it's so true. And thinking Mm -hmm. about feeding our kids, we want to give them the opportunity Mm -hmm. to eat too much candy and get a bellyache or to not eat enough and be hungry an hour later and maybe, Mm -hmm. you know not be able to run on the playground because they don't have as much energy. And now is a child automatically going to make that connection? Maybe not, but we can gently help them make the connection and understand. But they have to have the experience. And here's the other thing. When the kid ends up getting the 
the belly ache. Yeah, we don't want to shame them. We don't want to shame them. You see, that's because of the Uh ice cream you just had. Instead, what I've learned also because of you (laughs) is what I try to do now is, sweetie, maybe it was the ice cream. Maybe let's think about what you had. And maybe this is your tummy letting you know Uh that next time the amount can be different or the timing can be different. But it's a good way to start listening to your body as to what is your tummy saying about different foods. So let's keep an eye and Mm -hmm. keep, you know, aware. Yeah. Of what, how, what is your tummy telling you with different foods? Yeah. And we want to give kids the message of, like, I trust you with your body. I, mm-hmm. I trust that your body will tell you and you mm-hmm. can tell me and I can help you. Or, you know, I trust you to have the experience and figure it out if that mm-hmm. felt good or bad to you. Yes. Or if you're hungry or not hungry. Or if you're too full. Or if you do or don't like that food. Um, so, you know, we veered off it slightly, but Sorry. but it matters because our relationship <laughs> with food is shaped in part in childhood and then yes. it's shaped again in diet culture and and it all all the messaging matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I just I do think it matters. I also think it does. just another another last sign that we'll wrap up with is is you're eating all about the scale, the number on the scale. Are you able to kind of separate that and eat for well-being, not weight? If it's if every decision is through the lens of weight, that probably doesn't feel very good to you and might really be a sign that you would benefit from getting support to shift your focus, heal your relationship with food, think about your overall well-being because as people will hear me say a million times dieting behaviors or weight loss driven behaviors are not necessarily um, health promoting behaviors Uh, and then I guess I would think I I would also would we'd be doing an injustice if if you are struggling with an eating disorder you suspect you might be struggling with an eating disorder you want to of course get treatment and support for that and part of that will include your healing your relationship with food um, or disordered eating, which sometimes is a little more subtle. People don't necessarily recognize it as such because it's become so normalized. And that's why opening these conversations is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, trusting the wisdom of, of your body. Mm-hmm. That connection with your body is not only going to help us to in terms of nutrition is going to help you with your overall Mm well-being your body might know more than you think Mm -hmm. as to what is good or not for you Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for tuning in with us today for another episode of wellness rebranded what an important conversation we're here to bring three different healing perspectives to your wellness journey Um, If you like what you hear, leave a review, give us some love, share with a friend. (laughs) All the things. And if you are out there recognizing yourself in any of the things that we chatted about today, sending so much compassion and hope your way and feel free to reach out. I would love to help you heal your relationship with food. And I have lots of resources that I could probably share with you. So don't be a stranger. Don't struggle alone. Reach out to either myself or someone else who can support you with that. Until next time. Bye.